Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Moshe Dun Kestenbaum. Meseches Ksubis has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Shlomo Naiman, Le'ilo Nishmas, Rav Yaakov ben Matis Yehozatzal, and Chaya Bas Pesach. Today's daf is Kuf Ches. We're going to begin with the Mishnah on the bottom of Kuf Zayin Amabes. The Mishnah on the bottom of Kuf Zayin Amabes brings Alacha of somebody who goes away to Medina Sayam. And somebody gets up and supports his wife and provides for her mezainais. And we have a machlekes Chanan and Bnei Kohanim Gedailim once again. Chanan says Ibras Ma'isav. Chanan says that this person has lost his money. He cannot come back to the husband when he returns from Medina Sayam and demand the money that he spent to feed this person's wife. However, the Bnei Kohanim Gedailim argue and say. He swears how much he spent and he's able to collect. Amr Abdaisa bin Hirkinis Kedivrayim. Rabdaisa bin Hirkinis holds like Pnei Kwanam Gedolim. However, Amr Abyachim ben Zakai, Yafa Amr Chanan, Hiniach Ma'isav al Karanatsvi. Chanan said very well because he has placed his money on the Karanatsvi, on the horn of a deer. This Lashen of Placing money on the horn of a deer is peculiar. Why does it use this expression? What is the significance of this expression? So Taisus Yantiv says that a deer, as we know, is very swift. As the Mishnah says in Pirkei Ava, is have a ratzke tzvi, person should run like a deer to do the will of Hashem. Furthermore, he says that the horn of a deer is something that does not last. Doing a little research, it seems that typically the horns of a deer are shed once a year, usually in the midwinter between January and April, and they grow back and are fully grown by the middle of the summer or by August or September. So, the Mishnah said a deer, putting money on the horn of a deer, because the deer runs very fast, and the, and the horn of a deer, the horns don't even last. So therefore, it's a good expression of the money going to, to waste, that the money is not going to be recovered. The Hafla, however, learns that this expression has far more significance. And the Hafla explains that if we notice, there's the difference between the Lashon of Hanan and the Lashon of Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai. The Lashon of Hanan is Iber Esma'isav. He's lost his money. And Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai uses this expression, Aviniach Ma'isav al-Karen that according to Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai, when the person gave the money to this lady whose husband went away, he actually is performing a mitzvah of tzedakah. He actually gets a mitzvah of tzedakah. And he says that's alluded to in the Lashon of Karen Hatzvi. Tzedakah is Bechlal, Chesed. And it's included in the mitzvahs that Eichlem Peirosein Ba'ilam Hazet Ba'akaren Kayemes Eilam Haba We receive the fruit, the reward of the mitzvah in this world and the principal, the principal reward is left for Eilam Haba. Zakta Afla Karen Hatzvi Karen refers to the principle, that's Kayemes Eilam Haba, and Svi, a deer, is an allusion to the Peres, to the fruit, because the Gemara says later on 
the end of the Mesechta on Kufya Bey's Amad Aleph, that why is Eretz Yisrael compared to a deer? To teach us, just like a deer ain't Ayray Machsik Besarai, its skin cannot hold its flesh. Once the skin is removed, it's not able to go around the flesh of the animal. Af Eretz Yisrael ain't a Machazekes Perosah, so to Eretz Yisrael is not able to withhold its fruit, its fruit are so multiple. So while Hanan said, he's wasted his money, comes Rabbi Yochamad Zakeh and says, no, the money is used for tzedaka, which gives Karen and Svi alludes to Peirais, and what is the explanation for the Machlaikis here? What is the reason for Hanan that says, Ibed Esmaisav, Zaptafla, that it's Tali in a Mishnah in Peah. The Mishnah in Peah, Perak Hay, Mishnah Dalit, discusses a Balabayas that's traveling from place to place, and he has no food, he has no money with him, even though in his home city he may be very wealthy and have a lot of possessions. So the Allah is he's allowed to take Lekha, Chicha, and Peah. And Maeser Ani. However, when he comes back to his house, Yishali, he has to pay back what he took. Divri Rebeliezer, these are the words of Rebeliezer. Say, no, Ani Since he was an Ani at that time, he does not owe, he does not have to pay back any any money. The Rambam says, He could give back, should give back the money. But he's not Mukhuyiv to give back the money. So Zakta in our case, this lady, her husband went away, and she has no way to support herself. Now really, she could borrow. As Rashi tells us, we'll discuss Amir Tashem soon. If this person who gave her money, gave it to her explicitly as a loan, so the halacha would be that the lady would be obligated to pay back, and her husband really would have to pay back for her when he comes back from Medina Sayyam. So over here, he didn't have to give it to her as staka, or he didn't have to give it to her as a gift. He could have given it to her as a loan. So Mamela Hanan holds that since he could have given it to her as a loan, so therefore it's not considered staka. Just like Rebeliezer holds over there, where the Balabayas, who technically has a lot of money, but now that he's traveling, doesn't have anything with him, nonetheless, even though he could take now, he has to pay back later. So we see that if someone has the money, just right now they don't have the money, so then it's not considered a full-fledged staka, and the money has to be given back. So in our case as well, it would not be considered a full-fledged staka to give her the money, since when the husband comes back, he will be able to pay it back. However, Rabbi Yochum and Zakai, who says, Hiniach Mausav al that it is considered staka, so he holds like the sheet of the Chachamim over there, who we actually paskin like, that the Chachamim hold that since right now when he's traveling, he has no money with him, he's considered a full-fledged Ani, and he's completely entitled to Tzedaka, and he doesn't even have to pay back later. So too, in our case with this lady, since she has no money, she has no food available to her right now, because her husband is away, it would be considered full-fledged staka for somebody to support her, to feed her, even though later on 
she would be able to have access to, to the money when her husband comes back. Let us delve further into the Shita of Hanan, who says that the person who supported this woman while her husband away loses his money. The husband does not have to pay back when he returns. And this is the halacha, this is how we paskin. Rashi and the Rif both point out that this is only where this person gave this woman the money or the food without specifying that he's giving it to her as a loan. However, if he gave the woman the mezainais, or the money, as a loan, on condition that she pay him back, so then the halacha is, based on what we learned in the Gemara earlier on top of the Ahmed from the case of Kitana, the girl that borrowed money, and we said only if she does mian, then the husband is pater. However, if she does not do mian, the husband is chayiv to pay back. So Zakrashi, if the person gave it to her as a loan, then he would be able to be taiveya, he would be able to dem- demand the money from her later on, and then she could go ahead and demand the money back from her husband that her husband owes her for Mizainais. Smashma from Rashi and the Rif, that in a case where he gave the money to this woman without specifying anything, according to Hanan, the halacha is, Ma'isav, he has lost his money. He cannot demand the money back from the husband. Now, why did this person, what was he thinking when he gave her this money? So we could think, we could suggest, that maybe he gave her the money as a gift, he was giving the money as a gift to take care of her, and he did not expect any compensation for paying her, and that's why he cannot ask for any money from the husband. If we would say such a pshat, then we would definitely have to say that the Chamim argue, according to Bnei Kohanim Gedolim, who say that he is able to collect money from the husband, then they must hold that his intention was not to give as a gift. His intention was to get paid back. However, Rashi says clearly that's not the pshat in Hanan. Rashi says, on Kuf Aleph, Dibra Masla Hanani, that even though the person gave the money as a loan for the husband, he had in mind to lend the husband the money, to lay out the money for the husband, and to get paid back from the husband. And in such a case, Hanan holds, since he wasn't asked to lend the money, he wasn't asked to pay his wife to give her Mizainais in his stead, he cannot come back to the husband to get paid back for the money that he took on his own initiative to lend this woman. And Rashi in our Mishnah is teaching us, that's only where he had in mind to lend the husband, that's the assumption. However, if he specified that he's lending the woman the money, then the woman owes him, and Mimela, he will be able to collect the money later on. And Mirza Hashem will discuss later why the Bnei Kohanim Gedolim argue, and why do they hold that he can come and collect the money later on from the husband. What exactly is the machlekes between Hanan and the Bnei Kohanim Gedolim? This is all the sheet of Rashi and the Rif, that even if the person doesn't say anything, 
he loses his money. It's only a case where he specifies that he's giving money to the lady as a loan. Only in such a case he'd be able to get his money back. However, the sheet of the Rashba in the Dharam on Lamed Gilmah Mabez, which the Ran brings over here in Subis and as well in the Dharam over there, is that our Mishnah is only talking about where the person specified that he's giving her the money in order to pay the Chay of the Chi of Mazainais that the husband is obligated to her. However, if he doesn't say anything, he gives her the money Stam, then it is considered like a halva, like a loan, and then he will be able to collect the money later on. And the Rashba brings two rayas that when a person gives someone something, we don't assume that it's given over as a gift, we assume it's given over as a loan. One raya is from Gemara earlier, in Subis and Peyam and Aleph, that if somebody goes into someone else's field and plants and works the field, the Allah is he's able to demand money for his work. And we don't say that he did it as a gift. He did it just to be nice. He also brings you Shalmi that says that somebody who put somebody in his house to live there, he is able to ask him later on for money for the rent. We don't assume that he gave him his house to live as a gift. So over here also, Zakhtar Rashba, if he doesn't specify, we assume it wasn't done as a gift, it was done as a loan. And therefore the Rashba says that he will be able to demand his money when the husband comes back. The Shaila is, and the Ran asks on the Rashba, that granted, I agree, that when a person does something, as a Rashba proved from those two Gemaras, he doesn't do it as a gift, he does it with expectation to get paid back. But in our case, who is the person doing it for? Who is he intending to lend the money to? If he's intending to lend to the lady, then Enachanami, like we saw in Rashi, we saw in the Gemara earlier, he would be entitled to get his money back. However, Zakhtar Ran, it's more logical to assume that he has in mind to lend the husband the money because he knows that the lady does not have property, the lady does not have what to collect from, and therefore it's more logical that the person's having in mind to lend the husband and is expecting the money to get the money back from the husband. And since his intention is to lend the husband, and like we said, the husband did not ask him to lend the money, therefore the husband does not have to pay back and Zakhtaran, this person doesn't know that if he's lending the husband, he won't be able to get the money back. But if he lends the wife, then he will be able to get the money back because she can get it from the husband and then he can get it back from her. Not everyone knows the halacha. So a person, Stam, he just thinks that, okay, the lady doesn't have any money, so I'm going to lend the money, I'm going to pay on behalf of the husband, and I'm going to lend the husband the money. And that's why... Even in the Stam case, even where he doesn't specify, Zakhtaran, that he loses his money, just like Rashi and the Rift, because his Das is to lend the husband. Why does the Rashba argue on the Ran? What does the Rashba answer to the Ran's Taina? That even though his Kavana was to lend money, 
but his kavana was to lend the husband, not the lady. So it would seem that the Ran understood the Rashba, that the Rashba meant to say that if this person doesn't specify, we assume that his kavana is to lend the lady herself. And since his kavana is to lend the lady, therefore he's entitled to get the money back from the lady, and the lady can in turn tovea, demand the money from the husband. However, if you look carefully, if you look at the Rashba Nidaram inside, we see that the Rashba clearly does not say this. Because the Rashba over there is mechalik, differentiates lahalacha, between a case where a man lends the lady directly, when he specifies he's lending her the money, versus a case where he just gives her the money and doesn't say anything. And the Ran says that if he lends her directly, and he specifies he's lending her the money, so then the one who lent her the money is not able to go directly to the husband. He cannot go to the husband first, because the husband was not the one that borrowed the money. He has to go to the lady and collect from her, and she can go ahead and collect from her husband. And he quotes Rashi over here in our parak. However, Zakhtar Rashba, in a case where a person gave the woman money and didn't specify, he's able to go and get the money from the husband directly. The Rashba over there on Lamed Gilma Bays is not so clear what svara he means to use to explain this. However, the Rashba later on over there in the Dharam on Ramzainam Abbas does write a Svara more clearly. And he writes, since he didn't specify that he's lending her the money explicitly, the assumption is that it's as if he lent her with a condition that the husband's obligated to him and that he will not collect from her. Perhaps we could explain the Svara for this is that since really the Chiyav of Mezainais was on the husband to feed her. So therefore, we could assume that his das, when he lends her the money, he's only lending her the money in order to be able to collect from the husband, who is the one who's really obligated. The Avni Miluim in Simon Ayin Ais Ches explains that this halacha, that he is able to collect from the husband, works based on the principle of Shibuda de Rabnasen, that if Ruvain owes Shimon $100, and Shimon owes Levi $100, and Shimon is not able to pay Ruvain, Ruvain is able to collect $100 directly from Levi. So over here, since the lady owes him, and the husband owes her, he is able to collect from the husband directly. However, the Chiddush of this case is that normally, by Shibuda Rabnasen, you first have to go to the person that borrowed the money from you directly. However, in this case, we assume it's like you made a condition that the shibat should be direct on the husband, that he, should be, that he should be able to go and collect from the husband and maybe not and not collect from, from the, the lady. According to what we see from this Rashba, so we don't have any more the taina of the ran, as the Avni Miluan suggests. The whole taina of the ran was what? That if we have a choice between assuming that he's lending the lady or lending the husband, so we assume that his das is to lend the husband because the lady doesn't have where to collect from. 
So Mestama, his das is to lend the husband, and therefore, Zakdaran, Ibn Ma'isa, Hiniach Ma'isa Val Tzvi, he loses his money because he is not, the husband is not obligated to pay him back since he did not ask him to lend the money on his behalf. However, according to the Rashba, even when he lends her the money, he's lending her the money al das to collect from the husband. So therefore, you don't have the taina of the Rashba that he's not thinking about her because she has no possessions, because his whole das is to collect from the husband. Fakert, this is perhaps the reason behind the Rashba, that because she has no possessions, and like we said before, the Chiyav of Mezainus is really on the husband, so therefore we could assume that his das is to collect from the husband, and therefore, unless he specifies that he's lending the husband directly, the assumption is he is lending her with the kavana of collecting from the husband. It comes out that according to all these Rishayim, the Rashba, the Ran, Rashi, and the Rif, our Mishnah is talking about a case where the person's intention is to lend the husband, whether according to the Rashba he specified, whether according to Rashi and the Ran and the Rif, that Stama we assume that he's trying to lend the husband the money. And nonetheless, according to Hanan, Iberes Maisav, he loses his money. However, it's Kedai to point out, we have one Shita in the Rishayna that has a different Mahalech in the Mishnah. The Taisis writ over here on the Daf says that the reason why, according to Hanan, he loses the money is because the husband could say that his intention was not to lend him the money altogether. He could tell him, You just wanted to give my wife honor, or you wanted to give me honor, and you had no intention of demanding the money back. It's mashma from the Taisis Rid, that if the person said that he's giving her the money as a loan, even from the husband, that he wants to get paid back, then, according to, even according to Hanan, he would be able to get his money back. And it would seem that according to Taisus Rit, we have to say the machlaikis between Hanan and Bnei Kohanim Gedolim is whether the person's intention is to give the money as a gift or whether we could assume his intention is as a loan. In Mir we will discuss, according to the Mahalik of Mosri Shainim, what exactly is the machlaikis between Hanan and Bnei Kohanim Gedolim. We'll go further now with the Gemara on the very end of Kuf Zayin Amabez, which continues on to Kuf Ches Amin Aleph. The Gemara begins by bringing a Mishnah in the Dharam. The Mishnah in the Dharam says, Hamud Aser in Hana, in getting Hana from his friend, Shaykilai Ashiklai. Nonetheless, it's Mutter for the person who is not allowed to be giving benefit to be giving Hana to his friend. It's mutter for him to give his shekel, to pay off the machetzis, a shekel for him. Pareya is chayvai. It's mutter for him to pay off the other person's debt, the other person's loan. And as well to return his lost object. In a place 
where they get paid for returning a lost object, then the person who received, who got his lost object back, is not able to just simply take it for free, because then he'd be considered getting hana, getting benefit from the person that returned him the object without charge, and he would have to give the money to Hektish. He'd have to give whatever it would normally cost to Hektish, in order they should not receive any hana from the one that returned him the lost object. The obvious question is that we understand that the person who is receiving his lost object has to pay for it. But why does he have to give the money to Hektish? Why is he not allowed to give the money to the person that returned him the lost object? Why is it also for that person to take the money? So Rashi over here and the Tysus Rit are clearly bothered by that. And they both explain that we're talking about a case where both of them were usser upon each other. Not only was the one who owned the object usser to receive Hana from the one who was returning, but also the one who was returning was usser to receive Hana from the one that owned the object. And therefore he is not allowed to take the payment for returning the object because he is getting Hana from the other person. The Ran in the Dharam Adaf Aleph, he argues the Chaira, and he says that the person who's returning the object, even if he was Asr in Hana, even if he was Asr to get Hana from the owner, he would be allowed to take the money. He'd be allowed to take payment. And the Ran explains what does the Mishnah mean when it says, Makaim Shinaitlim Alaschar, Tipal Anala Hektish, that in a place that they take money, you're allowed to give Anat to Hektish. How do you have a place that's taking money for returning a lost object? It's a mitzvah of Ashavas Aveda. How are you allowed to charge for the mitzvah? And the Ran explains that we're talking about a case where the person lost money, the person had, a, had work to do, and he lost money from his job in working by taking the time to return the lost object. And the Gemara tells us in Bab Metzion, Laman of Abbas, that he is allowed to take money for his lost work. So Zakhtaran, since the person really could have been making money otherwise, and he is just taking money from this person in place of money he could be making otherwise, that would not be considered Hana. And he brings a riot to this concept from the Gemara over there, that the halacha is that somebody who was Asr Hana from his friend, is allowed to buy something from him as long as the object he is buying is readily available anywhere else. So I can go to his grocery store and buy bananas, even though I'm enjoying the bananas, because since I can get those bananas elsewhere, so it's not considered, and I'm paying for it, it's not considered that I'm getting Hana from the owner of the store. And so to here, it's not considered getting hana, taking money, payment that, that's rightfully yours, that you're losing in returning the lost object. The Beis Yosef in Reish Chaf Aleph, Ais Gimel, the Beis Yosef understands that the other Rishayim, the Rosh and the Darim, who explains, like Rashi and the Taisus Rit over here, these other Rishayim hold against the Ran that even in a place where the person is getting paid for lost work, 
nonetheless, it's still usher for him to take the money. That would be considered getting hana from the other person. The Beisaisif does not explain why these Rishayim argue and how do they differentiate between the case of returning the Aveda and the case of a sale. Perhaps we can suggest a Chilak that by the case of the sale, the person buying the bananas, so he's paying for it and he's giving money of equal value to the bananas and he can get the bananas anywhere. So that's not considered a Hana. It's almost like switching one apple for another apple. It's not considered you received anything. However, over here, since he's getting paid, so even though he could be getting the money somewhere else, but even the money he gets somewhere else, it's considered Hana. He's getting something new. He's getting money in exchange for work. He's not getting money in exchange for something of value. He's not exchanging value for value. That would be considered getting Hana. And then, and these Rishayim hold, it would be Aser. The Rambam in Perish Mishnayis in the Darim Paritel Mishnah Beis actually has a different shot in the Mishnah where it says, The Rambam learns that is kipshutai, is that the meaning of this place is to take money for returning Aveda, regardless of whether the person incurred any type of loss. And the Rambam writes that that this minig is really really is outside the confines of halacha, because really a person is supposed to return a lost object for for free, without charge. As the Shulchan Aruch Paskins and Chayish Ben Mishpat in the beginning of Reish Samach, hey, the Taisus Yantiv says that according to the Rambam's Mahalech, we could suggest that these Rishayim really do not argue Be'ikar Adin on the Svara of the Ran. And they would agree in a place where the person is losing work in returning the lost object, that he would be allowed to take money for returning the Aveda, even if he was Asar Bana. However, they understood like the Rambam, that the person was not losing money, just this place had a minute to take money anyways. Therefore, it would be considered Hana taking payment for returning the Aveda. And that's why they say it's Asar for him to take the money. Agav, the Taisis Yantav, asks on the Ramam's Pshat, what kind of strange thing is this, that we have a place that has a minig, shalaika alacha, that's against the Taira. Furthermore, I would like to ask that if lahalacha, he's not allowed to be taking money, so then why do we consider it hana if he doesn't charge him and we make him give the money to Hektish, since Alpidin Taira, he doesn't owe him any money, and this minig is a minig that has no kiyam, it's a minig against halacha, so who cares if the minig of this place is to charge? It's wrong to charge. This should not be considered hana, that the money has to go to, to Hektish, let him keep the money for himself, he doesn't owe him anything. The Teferis Yisrael over there suggests that perhaps there was a reason and there was a makar for this minig, and he explains that just like we find in the Gemara in Gittin, the Chazal used the power of, of Hefker Bez and Hefker to establish Prozbal to be able to collect a loan after Shemitah. So too, maybe Chazal saw that people were not returning lost objects and they were violating the law 
of Leisucha Lesalim. So therefore Chazal used the power of Hefker Bezin Hefker to, to make the person, to make the owner pay the one that returned him his object. And therefore, this minig has validity, and therefore the money has to go to Hektish. He, can, he cannot go without charging him. We started this discussion by asking why the person returning the lost object is not allowed to keep the money for himself. So we saw Rashi and other Rishayim who explained that we're talking about a case where the one returning the object was usher to get Hana from the owner, and that's why he's not allowed to keep the, get, keep the money for himself because that's considered Hana. We saw the Ran that explains that really, even if he was Asr Bana, he'd be allowed to keep the money because that's not considered Hana, since he could make the money somewhere else. And the Mishnah just means if the person is a Chasha person who doesn't want to take the money, then the money should go to Hektish as opposed to the owner holding on to the money. However, the Rambam, based on the way he understands the Makam Shanaitlam Schar, the Rambam has a different Mahalik in the Mishnah. And the Rambam learns that really, even in a case where the one returning the object was allowed to get Hana from the owner, still he would not be allowed to keep the money for himself against these Rishayinim. Why not? Why would he not be allowed to keep the money for himself? So Zakhtar Rambam, that the heter of returning a lost object, the Gemara says a little bit further, is because mitzvah kavit, he's doing a mitzvah. And since Zakhtar Rambam, the way we understand the Rambam, is that since the person, his intention is to do a mitzvah, so the fact that he was matriach, the fact that he worked to return the person the lost object, that's not considered a direct hana. Zok the Rambam, that's only if the person doesn't get paid. Since he doesn't get paid, then we could say, his kavana was l'shem mitzvah. However, in a case where the person takes money for returning the object, that shows that the person returned the object for money, not l'shem mitzvah. So then it would be considered hana when he gives the owner the lost object, and it would be usher for the person to take the object from the one who's returning it. So according to the Rambam, the reason why he's not allowed to get paid is not because the one returning it is getting Hana necessarily, it's usher for the owner to take the object if the returner get, gets paid, because then the one returning the object, his kavana is not purely l'shem, the mitzvah. The other Rishayim that don't explain like the Rambam, who don't seem to hold like the Rambam, we could offer one of two suggestions. First of all, maybe they hold that even if the person's getting paid, still his Iker Kavana is L'Shei Mitzvah. Chayra, it's Pashit, he gets Schar for the Mitzvah. So since a person's getting a Mitzvah, so his Iker Kavana is L'Shei Mitzvah, not to get paid. Another possibility is that these Rishayim hold that the Svar of the Gemara of Mitzvah Ka'avid is not tully in the person's kavana. Even if the person's not machavin l'shem mitzvah, he's machavin to get paid. But since what he's doing is be'etzem a ma'isem mitzvah, so therefore the hana of the owner who's getting back his lost object is considered memela, it's considered indirect, and therefore it would be mutter even where the person is getting paid. The Gemara continues and comments on this Mishnah in the Darim. For the person to give the shekel 
for the one that's usher to get enough from him, because mitzvah kavit, he's doing a mitzvah, ditnan, or really should read ditanya, tarmen ala avid, vala gave, that when they separated the machetzis hashakel into the three boxes from the lishka, from the chamber, they had in mind ala avid for the machetzis hashakel that got lost. Rashi explains the person gave the machetzis hashakel to a shliach, and then it subsequently got lost. Vala gavoy, and that which was collected but did not yet reach the base amigdash. Vala asaligbais, and that which will be collected in the future. And Rashi explains, even if in the end the machzis hashekel is never given, we have in mind to purchase a karbanais for everybody, for everyone in, in Klal Yisrael. What is the Gemara coming to say and prove from this b'risa that it should be permitted for someone to pay the machzis hashekel for somebody else who is aser bahana? So Rashi explains that since we have in mind to purchase a karbanais for everybody in Kla Yisrael, even if the person doesn't end up giving the machetis hashakel, so therefore there's no concrete hana, there's no concrete benefit from the other person giving the machetis hashakel for him, because even if it's never given altogether, he still has the same chilek in karbanais. However, without this praisa, if the lach would be that only someone who gave money has a chilek in the karbanais, so then there would be this hana that he's giving him this zechus of having a chilek in the karbanais. One could ask that I, he's giving him the zechus of the mitzvah, that now the person has fulfilled the mitzvah of machesis hashakal by the person paying on his behalf. L'chaira, he's like a shliach for him. He's doing the mitzvah of machesis hashakal for him. So on this, we have the Shita says that we have a klal, mitzvahs lav, mitzvahs were not given for hana. We don't view a mitzvah as a dover of hana. Like we find in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah that someone who's aser ba'ana is still allowed to blow shaifer for someone else because mitzvahs lav, lahanis nitnu. Rashi over here is Tzarech Bir, Rashi and Dibra Maschel, Vala Asel Ligbais, Rashi writes that the person still has a chilek in the Chuma and the Karbanais, Ela Shechis or Mitzvah. The person is missing a Mitzvah. Nimtza Schara Mitzvah Ala Naisein. It comes out that the reward of the Mitzvah is on the giver. The Shaila is what Rashi means exactly, that the reward of the Mitzvah is on the giver. It sounds almost like Rashi's bothered by this question of I, he's giving him the schar, the reward of a mitzvah. For some reason, Rashi does not explain mitzvah slavah hennes Rashi writes that the reward of the mitzvah is for the giver, which is tzarech because the chayra, he is a shliach for the one he gave the machas shekel for, and that person is going to be getting the mitzvah of machas hashekel. The big question over here on this Gemara is that granted the person who he gave Machetzis HaShakel for has a chilek in the Karbanais even without the Machetzis HaShakel being given. Granted, Mitzvah Slav Lahanis Nitnu. However, 
Why is this worse than a case of Pareach Haivai? Besides the aspect of the mitzvah, there's also an aspect that this person has a chayv, this person has a debt. He owes hektish a machetzis hashaka. And the Gemara says, right over here, a little bit later, that paying off someone's chayv is tali in the machlaikis in our Mishnah of Hanan and Bnei HaKohanim Gedolim, as we will explain a little bit later. So the same way we have an issue of Pareya Chayvai, so why don't we have this issue over here as well by the case of Machatzis HaShakel? For this question, Taisvis over here explains, and the Ran as well in the Dharam, Andaf Laman Gimel Amabez, that we have to be talking about a case where the person who was Asr Bahana actually gave the Shekel to a Shliach, to a messenger, and then it got lost. The messenger lost the machatzis hashekel, and the, teaches us in Mesechta Shkalim that in a case where the machatzis hashekel got lost in the hands of the messenger, after the machatzis hashekel was already separated into the kupais, was already separated from the chamber in the base of Migdash, that the person is no longer responsible to give another. Machetz is hashakel. Only if it gets lost before they separate it in the base of Mikdash is he responsible to give another machetz is hashakel. So Mimela, that's the case of the Mishnah Nedarim, and therefore there's no pareya chayvai. It's not a case of paying off the chayv because he has no chayv. He no longer is responsible to give the machetz is hashakel. The Shaila is, what is Pshat in Rashi, who does not explain this way? And as well, the Rush in the Dharam over there does not explain this way. It's Mavura from Rashi and the Rush that even without establishing it in a case where the person already gave the Makasis HaShakel to the Shliach, still it is Mutter for the other person to give the Makasis HaShakel for him. And for some reason, we do not consider this a case of so, the Birkas Avram in the Dharam over there wants to explain that the Machlaikas in the Rishayim is whether Machetzis HaShakel is Taka considered a Chayv. The Machlaikas Chanan and Bnei Kohanim Gedailim that we have in our Mishnah, whether a person is responsible to pay back a Chayv that was paid up for him, that's Tafka by a Chayv by a regular shibud, a regular debt. So over there, we have a machlekes, whether you have to pay back. However, the case of machlekes HaShakel, Rush and Rashi hold that it's not a debt, it's just a mitzvah alone. While the Gemara in Kedushin on Chavtas Beis tells us that Pidyon HaBen, the Chiv of paying uh, five slime, five shkalim to the Kayin, is considered milva HaKsuva B'Taira, a loan that is written in the Torah. By Pinyin Ben, it's considered a chayv. However, by Machetzis HaShakel, which is owed to the Beis HaMikdash, there, the Birkaz Avram wants the Taina, it's not considered a chayv, it's just a mitzvah. The mitzvah happens to be paying money. But there's no chayv here. If there's no chayv here, then all the hana that he's really getting is the fact that the person is doing a mitzvah for him, on that we could say, like we said before, that mitzvah is lav lahenis nitnu.
the Gemara continues and says, as well, we understand the last case of the Mishnah in the Dharam of Machser Love Dasai, that it's mutter for him to return the owner, the lost object, because mitzvah covet, because as well over here, he is doing a mitzvah. The Ritva over here explains that this heter of mitzvah covet is not a blanket heter. For example, would one who is Asr Bana be allowed to take staka? Would be allowed to take staka from somebody else who he's not allowed to get enough from? So the Ritva says that's Pashit. It would be Asr. It's open Mishnah in Idarim on Daf Mem Gil which says that if two people are traveling on the road and one of them has nothing to eat, but they were Asr and Ana from each other, the halacha is that he has to make it Hefker. And then afterwards, the other person could take according to the Shita of the Chachamim. But he can't give it to him directly. He's giving this person food to eat. The person's starving. So, yet he has to make it Hefker. So, Zakh the Ritva, that it's Tavka over here by Ashava Saveda because he's giving him an object that really belongs to him. He's not giving him additional money. The Shaman Nidharam says in the Dharam, on Lama Gilman Bays very beautifully, that this fits very well, that the Gemara over there says that the person returning the lost object is allowed to because He's just giving him what really belongs to him anyways. Yet our Gemara over here seems to give a different svara of mitzvah ka'avid. He's doing a mitzvah. Zak Tashem It works hand in hand. Only because Medim Denavshe Only because he's giving him what's already his. It's going to be mutter. In combination with the fact that it's a mitzvah. Why do we need the combination of a mitzvah? Because the Ritva over here says that since he's being matriach, since he's working hard to bring him the object, so that would be considered a hana. But because of the svar of mitzvah kavit, that the person's really just doing a mitzvah that's incumbent upon him to do, so it's not considered hana. I, the fact that the person's getting the money, getting the object, that's not a hana, as the Gemara says in the Dharam, because it really belongs to him anyways. We will now move further to the last case of the Mishnah Nadarim, which is really why our Gemara brings this Mishnah Nadarim in the first place. And that is the Alacha Pareyas Chayvay, that he is allowed to pay off the loan, the debt of the other person. And the Gemara asks, why? He's giving him benefit, he's giving him money by paying off his loan, he's saving him all this money. And the Gemara answers, Amr of Aishia Hamani Chanani, that the Mishnah of Dharam is going like Hanan of our Mishnah in Subis, the Amr Ibaras Ma'isav, that says that he loses his money. Before we delve into this Gemara and how the Mishnah of Dharam connects to the Machlekes of Hanan and Bnei Kahano Gedolim, we'd like to give some background and some basics into understanding. This sheet of Hanan that holds Ibras Ma'isav, that holds that one does not have to pay the person back for paying off his chayv. The Gemara Nidarim on Lamagimamaralef uses the term of Mavriachari. This is a case of chasing away a lion, just like someone who chases away a lion from somebody's field. 
cannot demand money, cannot demand payment, so too paying off someone's chayv, he cannot demand payment. And the Rishayim discuss that this is far from simple, it's Sarach Ian, because we do find in other places that one can charge for saving someone else. The Gemara in Bav and Aftzari Gimel, Amabez, talks about a case of a Shimer, of a watchman, who the flock, who's watching someone else's sheep, and the sheep are being attacked, and the Gemara's Mavur over there, that if he hires workers to, to get, to chase away the wild animals, to protect the sheep, the Allah is the owner of the sheep, has to compensate him for his loss, he has to compensate him for the money he spent. So the Rishayim asked, Taisus over here, Taisus in Baba Kama, and then Chesam and Aleph, that how come over there we have to pay him back, and over here where the person's losing money, paying off the person's chayv, he does not have to be compensated. And there are different mahalchem in the Rishayim. The mahalich of Rabbeinu Tam is a chiddish. The Rabbeinu Tam says, Enachanami. In a regular case, when you pay off someone's chayv, he has to pay you back for your loss. It's only in our case of the Mishnah, where somebody went away to Medina Sayyam, and someone else got up and fed, supported his wife. There, Hanan holds, you don't get paid back for your loss. And the Rabbeinu Tam explains, because it's not Pasha that this woman would have borrowed money Maybe if this person would not have given her money, she would have found a way to manage, she would have scrounged, and she would have spent less money, and she would have survived without taking any money. So since it's not clear that there would have been a loss for this person, there would have been a loss for the husband, because the woman may have managed without having to borrow. So Mimela, this person that came along and gave her this money, is actually not saving him from a loss. He may be causing him a loss by giving money to this woman expecting to get paid back. That's the sheet of Rabbeinu Tam. And according to this, we have to say a big daichek that the Mishnah Nedarim, which says that it's mutter to be pareas chayvai, to pay back a chayv, which the Gemara says is tali in this shaila of whether the person gets paid back or not, will have to say that it's talking about a case of a chayv of of Mizaynes Ishtai, where the person is paying, is feeding someone's wife. However, in a regular case of a chayv, according to everybody, it would be Asr, because the person deserves payment for paying off someone else's chayv. That's a shita of Rabbeinu Tam. The shita of Taisvis in Babakama, Daphne, Chesam, and Aleph, in his first tarets, is that this idea of the case of the shaymer, of the guard that spends money to chase away the animals, that's not really me'ikir hadin. Me'ikir hadin, he has no demand on the owner of the animals to get compensation. That halach is a special takana sachamim. The chachamim, in order to help people protect their property, made a takana that if somebody goes ahead and spends money in a justified way in order to protect someone else's property, that he should get compensation. However, Zaktaisvis, in our case where you're paying off a loan, there's no reason for Takadas Chachamim. The person had no impetus to get up and pay the other person's loan. The person that owed the money 
when he's able to, he will pay back, and he has to pay back. So since there's no reason for Takanas Chachamim, so we go by Meikar Adin, and Taka, he's not entitled to any money. These are two Mahalchim in the Rishayim. The last Mahalech is the Mahalech which the Shulchan Aruch Haskins like in Chayshem Mishpat and Kuf Chavches. He brings down this this Mahalech, and the Mahalech Taisus over here brings from Yeshami and Taisus in Babakama as well. And the second Teretz is that one only can demand compensation and get paid back if it's clear that he was being saved from a loss of money. It's clear that he was saving the other person from a loss of money. It's Bari Hazeka, it's Bari Hafsit. So then he can get paid back. So the case in Bab Metziah and Sadi Gimel, it was clear that these animals were going to be killed. So then he could demand money for whatever he spent to protect the animals. However, in our case, it's not Bari Hafsit. It's not so clear that the person would have lost the money, that he would have had to pay back the one that lent him the money. Because Yushami says, maybe he would have been Mephiasim, maybe he could have appeased him and convinced him to, to be Malchot alone. Taisus and Baba Kama, over there in Nunchas, adds that maybe his friends would have came and volunteered to pay back the loan for him, and he would have never had to pay back the loan. So therefore, since it's not clear 100% that you're saving him from a loss of money, because maybe the loan would have been wiped away without you coming forward and paying up. So therefore, he does not have to pay you back for your spending the money on paying off his loan. Now, we understand, according to this Mahalech, that there's no chiv for the person to pay back the one that paid off his loan, because there's no clear hefzit. However, how do we explain our Gemara? that it's mutter to pay off a chayv, it's mutter to pay off a loan, that there's no iser hana, wouldn't we consider a hana that someone's loan is being paid off? Even if it's not 100% that the person would have demanded the money. Fine. And maybe that's a reason why you don't have to pay him. But how could you say, how could the Mishnah of Dharam say, Pareyas chayvai, he's allowed to pay off his loan, he's still giving him hana. Any one of us would consider it a great hana that our loan is being paid up, that our loan is being taken care of. It wasn't 100% guaranteed in any way that this person would have forgiven the loan. So for that, Tysus over here writes in the beginning of the last Tysus that even though there is a pleasure, there is a hana that one's loan is being wiped away, but Zuck Tysus, that's only grama ba'ama. That's only indirect Hana. The fact that he's causing you to get your loan wiped away, that's only indirect Hana. And indirect Hana is going to be mutter. This is the way the Sefer Tamtis Sugis over here in Mesaftik Subis explains our Sugis, explains our Gemara. That we have to understand that there are two issues that are being dealt with that we have to understand in our Gemara. There's one issue that the person who paid off his chayv deserves to be compensated. And if he is not compensated, then he is giving you hana by not charging you. That's one issue that has to be dealt with. And that's Tali in the Machlaikis of Hanan and Bnei Kohanim Gedolim, whether 
he has to be compensated. And then there's another issue, that even if the person does not have to be compensated, but nonetheless, he's still giving Hana, that he's taking away your chayv, he's taking away your debt. For that, we have to come on to a svara of grama, to a svara that that's only indirect Hana, the fact that he's causing you to get, to get your loan wiped away. Lamashal, let's say somebody was asra in Hana from his friend, and he convinced, he convinced the lender to forgive the loan. Convinced the lender not to demand the money back. So that, according to everybody, would be mutter, because that is indirect ana. Convincing the lender not to make him pay back, to be mochel the loan, is indirect ana. Our Gemara's discussion is only relevant where he actually gave money to pay off the loan. So we have explained that according to Hanan, that holds Ibn Asma'isav, that the person cannot demand compensation for paying off someone else's chayv, it is mutter for someone who is asr ba'ana to be pareya as chayvai, and that involves, like we explained, two components. Number one, since the person cannot demand compensation for paying off the chayv, it would not be considered hana if he doesn't charge him for the service of paying off his chayv. And number two, I... Lamaisa, he has benefited him because he has gotten off the other person's loan, the other person's chayv. So for that, we explained from Taisvis that that's considered grama, that's considered indirect hana. Understanding this, we can now turn to the machlaikas and try to analyze what is the reason for the rabbanon. What is the reason for the rabbanon that hold that if you pay off someone's chayv, you can demand compensation, you're entitled to compensation, and as well, it will be asr for a someone who's mudr ba'ana to be pareya as chayvay. And we could clear as follows. Do the Rabbanon argue on both components that we mentioned above, according to Hanan? Meaning, the Rabbanon hold that when you pay off someone's chayv, it's not considered indirect hana. It's considered direct hana. Why? Since Reuven owes Shimon money, and there's a Sheba, there's a debt that Reuven has to Shimon, when you go ahead and give Shimon money to pay off Reuven's chayv, it's mamish like you put money into Reuven's pocket. Paying off the chayv, paying the money to Shimon, is considered like you actually gave money to Reuven, since you're paying off the debt that Reuven has to him. And since there are bought on hold, that it's considered a direct Hana, Mimela, that's why the Rabbanon hold that you're able to charge him. It's like you gave him money, and therefore you can charge him for the money that you gave. It will come out according to this, that when the Gemara says that the Mishnah and the Dharam is Tali in the Machlekes and Hanan and the Rabbanon, whether you could charge or not, that's not a Siba, but it's a Simen. The fact that the Rabbanon hold you could charge is a sign that the Rabbanon hold that it's considered direct hana, and therefore it is usr to pay off someone's chayv. The fact that you can charge is just an indication, is just a simon, that it's considered a hana according to the Rabbana. This approach is found in the Birkas Avram, in the Dharam Alamad Gimel as well in the Sefer Or Torah, over there in the Dharam Alamad Gimel And I believe this pshat is meduyik in the ran, in the darim, in the end of Lamad Gimel Amaral. 
because the Ran comments over there when the Gemara says that the Mishnah Nadarim that says it's mutter to be pareya as chayvai goes like Hanan. So the Ran explains because Hanan holds that somebody who feeds his friend's wife, he niach ma'isav al keren he put money on the horn of a deer, mishem deloi chash of mahani, because it's not considered like he gave him hana elam avriach ariba alma. It's mashma Ran that Hanan holds that it's not considered hana, it's considered mavriach ari, which implies that there are banan that are chaylek, they hold it is considered mahana. It is considered like you gave him hana. So it's mashman from the Ran that the point of machlaikes is that the Rabbanan hold that when you pay off someone's chayv, it's considered giving him hana directly. And the Mela, the Rabbanan hold that he's mechayv to pay him back because of the hana that he gave him. However, we could say, not this way, we could say that the Rabbanan agree that paying off someone's chayv is considered an indirect hana in the fact that you took off his loan. However, there are button hold that nonetheless you are allowed to charge him because you saved him from a hefset. Lamashal, according to the reason of Tysus we said before, that the reason why you're not able to demand money, different than the case of the Shaymer that hired people to chase away the wild animals from the flock, Tysus explained because one is bari hefsid, one it's for sure there's a hefsid. However, over here it's not for sure a hefsid because maybe the person would have been mochal the loan anyways. However, if it would be a case where it would be for sure a loss, like the case of the shimer, the case of the watchman, even though it's an indirect hana, nonetheless you're able to demand compensation since you saved them from a definite hefsid. So we could explain that there are banan hold, that even though it's an indirect hana, but since you saved them from a hefset, and it's almost a vada hefset, there are banan hold you could charge. And since you could charge, if you don't charge him, that's going to be the hana over here. The hana is not the paying the money directly, but the hana is the fact that you're not charging him for paying off his chayv, and that's the hana according to the rabbana. I believe this Pshat, this Mahalech, is Meduyak in Rashi, in our Sigya. Because Rashi over here, the last Rashi in the Ahmed, writes that according to the Rabbanan, it's going to be Aser, because he is Michal, he's forgiving the money that is really coming to him, that he's owed for paying back the Chayv. The Rash in the Dharm as well, writes that, that the Hana is that he's not paying back the Chayv, and as well the Rashba in the end of Lam Gimel Amun Aleph in Nidar. Now, if these Rishayinim held, like the first Mahalich we suggested, that when, according to the Rabbanan, when you pay off the person's Chayv, it's like you gave him money directly. So why do they have to explain that according to the Rabbanan, it's Aser because you're being Michal, the money that's owed to you? Why don't they say, more direct, more straightforward, that the reason why it would be us according to the Rabbanan to pay off the Chayv is because the Rabbanan hold that when you pay off someone's creditor, it's like you gave the person who owes the money directly. So it's mashma, it's meduyik, that these Rishayinim learn 
that according to the Rabbanon, the reason why it's Asr to be Pareya Chayvai is not because giving the Baal Chayv the money is like you gave money to the person himself, but rather since you have a right to compensation for the loss that you incurred in covering his loss and covering his Chayv, if you don't charge for it, that's the Hana that you're giving him. That's why it's going to be Asr. Let's move on in the Gemara, and Amir Tzashem, we will see how these two Mahalchim play itself out in the Gemara further. The Gemara continues, Rava comes and says, Really, we could say the Mishnah and the Dharam is going like the Rabbanan, that hold that one is entitled to compensation for paying off someone's chayv. However, that's by a normal chayv. However, the Mishnah in the Dharm is talking about a case where he borrowed on condition that he does not have to pay back. Rashi explains in the last Rashi that what the Gemara means is that he borrowed on condition that he doesn't have to pay him back until he wants. The lender is not allowed to ask him, pressure him for any money. It's up to him to pay back whenever he wants. And the Ridva explains, that Rashi learns the Gemara this way because if we take the Gemara completely literally, literally, that you're lending the money on condition he doesn't have to pay back, so that's not called a loan, that's not called a debt altogether. That's basically a gift. So Rabba says that since he lent him the money without a pressure of paying back, so that's why even according to the Rabbanan, it would be mutter to pay back for that person such a loan. How do we explain this Gemara? So, according to the first Mahalik that we explained that the Rabbanon hold that when you pay back someone's chayv, it's like you gave them hana, it's like you put money directly into his pocket. So we could explain that since in this case he doesn't have any obligation to pay back until whenever he chooses to, so therefore, it's not considered like you put money into his pocket. It's not considered like you gave him anything. According to the second Mahalich, that the problem here, according to the Rabbanan, is the fact that you're able to charge him for paying off his chayv. He owes you money for that, and you're not charging him. So, we ex- will explain the Gemara very simply, that since the loan was on condition, he doesn't have to pay back, meaning he can pay back whenever he wants, whenever he chooses to, so paying off such a chayv is not something he could charge for. Even according to the Rabbanan, he cannot charge for paying off such a chayv. And therefore, there's no hana in being Michael this money that he could charge him for paying off the chayv. And that's Taka Harashi explains over here this Gemara. Where it gets exciting, where it gets very involved, is the Gemara further. The Gemara continues and says, that we understand Rava does not learn like of Oshia, who, stab- who establishes the mission of Nadarim only like Hanan, because he wants to establish the Mishnah even according to the Rabbana. However, the Gemara says, why does Rav Oshia not agree to Rava's Teretz, to Rava's Pshat, that the Mishnah Nadarim is talking about a case where the money was lent, Almanas Shalai And the Gemara comments, Amalachar Rav Oshia, Rav Oshia will tell you, granted he doesn't have Kisufa does he not have embarrassment? Meaning that granted 
he doesn't have any pressing obligation to pay back the loan because it was given Amanash Shalayla Freya. But nonetheless, it's very embarrassing. Rashi says he's constantly embarrassed in front of the lender that he's not paying back the loan. The Shaila is, what does the Gemara mean to say? The Gemara seems to be saying, at first glance, that since you are saving him this embarrassment of not paying back the loan, that he's going to be embarrassed in front of the lender, so therefore it's going to be usher because you're giving him this ana of saving him embarrassment. However, the obvious question is, is what does this have to do then with the machlekes between Hanan and the Rabbanan? If we consider saving him from embarrassment, a hana, and therefore it's usher to pay off the loan, to pay off the chayv, so then, even according to Hanan, who holds that you can never charge him for paying off the loan, but still it should be Aser because you're giving him Hana, that you're saving him from embarrassment. What does this issue of embarrassment have to do with Machlaikas, Hanan, and the Rabbana? So, according to Rashi and these Rishayim that explain that the problem of Pareya Chayvo, according to the Rabbana, is the fact that you could be charging him for paying off the loan and you're Michael the money, and you're not charging him, and that's why it's Aser. So we have to say that in the case over here, where it's lent him, also he would be able to charge him for paying off the chayv. And what the Gemara is saying is, is that Kisufa Milesle, since he has embarrassment not to pay the loan, and ultimately he is going to pay, so the person paying off the chay for him could still charge him for paying off the loan. And by paying off without charging him, so he's considered giving him hana. And this is clear Rashi's mafurish on the top of Kavches on the base, where Rashi writes, Ki lava amanash nami hanai umechila that even in the case where he lent him Amanasha Layla Freya, it's Mechila, he's being Michael money, that he really is able to charge him for paying off this chayv. However, according to the first Mahalech that we suggested, that the Machlekes between Hanan and the Rabbanan does not revolve in its first place about whether you could charge for paying off the loan or not. The Machlekes is really about whether when one pays off someone else's chayv, it's as if one actually gave my money directly to the borrower. So, Mimela, we could suggest that what the Gemara is saying is, is as follows. Rava had answered earlier that the Mishnah can go like the Rabbanan, since it was borrowed, so therefore, it's not considered like you gave him anything. So even though when you put money into the Baal Chayv's hands, into the lender's hands, it's like you put money into the borrower's hand, but since there's no benefit to the borrower from this money, because anyways, he doesn't have to pay back, so Mamela, it's not considered any hana is being given to him. However, comes Rav Aishia and says, Kisufa mi leslite. Since he is benefiting from this money, he's being spared embarrassment, so therefore the money that's being given over to the Baal which according to the Rabbanon is being considered giving over to him, Memela, it's going to be Aser because there is direct Hana, 
there is benefit from the money that's being given over to him. However, according to the sheet of Chanat, that holds that when you pay the Baal it's not considered like money was given directly over to the borrower. So Mimela, that Hana, that he's being saved from embarrassment, is indirect Hana, is indirect benefit, and can't be any better than the indirect benefit of being saved from having to pay the loan altogether. So Mimela, according to Hanan, the issue of Kisufa has no relevance, and therefore it would still be mutter to be Pareya as Chayvai. According to this Mahalech, it's very possible that in a in the case of Lava Amanash Freya, even according to the Rabbanan, one is not able to demand compensation for paying off the Chayv. However, nonetheless, it's still Asr because of the direct Hana of giving money to the Baal which is like one gave it to the borrower himself, and he's benefited that he has been spared this Kisufa. And this Mahalech will be necessary, really, according to the Girsa that we have in our Gemara, which the Bach is Geiris as a Lishna Achrini, where the Gemara says, Hasam nami that there in a case of lava, there's still hana, the hana that he's being spared embarrassment. And the Gaius Reinsberg says that according to this Lushen, the spearment of embarrassment in itself is considered hana, and that's why it is asr to be pareya as chayvay. And according to what we explained, we can understand very well why this is connected to the Machlaikas between Hanan and the Rabbanan. The other Rishayim, perhaps, as it's Mashma, don't have this Girsa altogether. You have been listening to the Shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a Daf or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.